I'm John Moe. This week on Wits, we're in San Francisco, the city by the bay, the repository for Tony Bennett's abandoned heart, and the site of San Francisco's Sketchfest. We're joined by comedians and actors Eugene Merman, Paget Brewster, and Paul F. Tompkins, who takes us on a tour of the city. Candlestick Park is the wick of a giant underground candle that has its origins, <laughs> its base the Earth's molten core. Singer-songwriter Loudon Wainwright III tells of his time living in San Francisco when he sold his guitar. To take yoga lessons here in San Francisco (laughs) at the Himalayan School of Yoga. I should add, that was in the 60s. Plus, music from Nellie McCott. Oh, sitting down for the evening. Oh, we oh, through the civil earthquake. Oh, we oh, safe in bed in the dreaming. Heaven knows if they'll ever wake. It's all on Wits, and it's coming right up. From APM, American Public Media, this is Wits. I'm John Moe. Coming to you from San Francisco and the San Francisco Sketch Fest. We're at the Marines Memorial Theater, the heart of the theater district in San Francisco, the city that could shake like crazy bananas at any moment. But it won't happen while I'm here. (laughs) You see, my worldview was formed on May 18th, 1980. That's the day Mount St. Helens exploded. I was 11 years old, and I lived in Washington State, about 100 miles from the mountain. And yet, I could not hear the eruption because of the winds and the way things were going. And due to those winds, I saw almost nothing of the clouds of ash that belched skyward. Yakima was choked, Spokane, hundreds of miles away, was smothered in ash. But where I lived, you could drag your finger across your neighbor's Camaro, as I did, and maybe see a fine gray dust, and that was it. And then your neighbor told you, cut it out, don't touch my Camaro. (laughs) And on that day, I was very surprised to learn that there was no lava spewing forth. As we all know, the most dangerous substance in the world is hot lava. That's why you spend countless hours on rec room furniture drills figuring out how to avoid this stuff as a child. (laughs) Got to be ready. A mountain had exploded, and there was no lava, and all the other stuff which I could not see went somewhere else. Hmm. And as a result, after that, I knew everything would always be okay in my life. Now, as a kid in the Northwest, I was aware that, obviously, the woods are crawling with Bigfoots. I had seen terrible documentaries. I knew what was going on. But my long-held belief that a Bigfoot would scale the side of my house, crawl in my second-story window, and murder me for the hell of it now seems somewhat unfounded in light of the volcano. (laughs) If anything, murder Bigfoot would get Carl Banfield next door, but not me. I grew up. I lived in Seattle. I married a girl from Chicago who was freaked out by earthquakes. The very ground beneath you could be tossed into upheaval. That was a foreign concept to her. I told her, yeah, I understand. I used to be scared of earthquakes, too. And how the ground would inevitably open up, and then you would fall in, and then it would close up. I knew that the big one, the quake that would wipe out entire cities, was supposedly on the way, but I reasoned that it had not yet come, and therefore never would. And even if it did, it would go somewhere else, for I am Mo Dodger of Volcanoes, non-victim of Bigfoot. (laughs) Now I live in Minnesota, where the ground never moves. Oh, the sky will kill you with 
Tornadoes and blizzards, but the ground itself is secure. That's why rabbits seem so cocky where I live and the birds all seem skittish. <laughs> Still, tornadoes have never hit me either, which means they never will. So glad to be here in San Francisco this week, earthquake town. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, everything will be fine. I'm here. We got a great show. Joining us this week, musician Loudon Wainwright III, musician Nellie Mackay, actor-comedian Paul F. Tompkins, actress Paget Brewster, and please welcome comedian and actor Eugene Merman. We have many pals on the show this week helping to amuse you. To interview each of them at length would be delightful, but time prohibitive. Instead, we will ask each guest one big question, possibly with a couple of follow-ups. First up, he's a stand-up comedian of great note and acclaim. He's also an actor having appeared in There Will Be Blood, The Informant, and Entangled as Short Thug. Paul F. Tompkins, everybody. Thank you. Thank you all very so very much. Thank you. Paul, your one big question. You always dress so sharp. You are decked out in finery. You hearken back to a time of fancier grooming for gentlemen. Uh, first of all, could you describe your present attire? Oh, well, I, as you know, I have many looks. Yes. Um, uh, Off-brand Time Lord is one. <laughs> um, uh, Watch fob salesman, That's perhaps? right. Uh, stage magician who's seen better days. Um, <laughs> And this look I call Professor Dropout. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy clothes. Why do you dress up so fancy, Paul F. Tompkins? Uh, ever since I was a kid, I liked dressing up because uh, I always wanted to be in show business. And uh, I'm old enough that when I was a child, everyone in show business uh, dressed like this to appear on television <laughs> because it was an event. Like, you were going to appear on television. There were only three channels. I mean, you just barely made it on there. Uh, and so I've lived long enough that now no one gives a hoot how they dress, and so I look like a weirdo. And I'm, and I'm constantly asked questions about why you wearing a suit. Paul F. Tompkins, everybody. <laughs> the dinner party was divine. The meal was perfect right up to the crackling of the creme brulee. But now it's four hours later and your guests are still talking about some Tibetan shrimp boat documentary that you have to watch. Ask them to leave and you'll blow the social capital you earn throwing the party. That's where I come in. I'm Blard Nardvark, owner and founder of Blard's Party Ruining Service. Listen to some of our highly trained party ruining staff in action. Hi, you guys. I'm Ashley. I just got back from studying abroad for one semester in Europe. <laughs> it's weird. I consider myself less of an American now and more a citizen of the world. Have you ever been to Prague in the fall? Oh my God, how have you never been to Prague in the fall? That is so American of you. It's not your fault. Good night. Or how about a little music to wrap things up? Oh, hey, everyone. Doesn't the music of this party suck? Am I right? Good thing I brought my harp. Let's all sing along to Love Me Do. 
too short, right? Let's do Stairway to Heaven. Careful, don't get trampled by everyone running for the door. Give us a call. The party's over with Blart's party ruling service party hall. Eugene Merman as Blard, Paget Brewster as Ashley, Paul F. Tompkins as Harmonica Guy. We have music this week from a singer-songwriter who has acted in films such as P.S. I Love You and has appeared on Broadway in the Three Penny Opera. So excited to have her here. Please welcome Nellie Mackay. The very thought of you And I forget to do The little ordinary things Everyone not to do I'm living in a kind of daydream I'm happy as a queen and foolish though it may seem to me that's everything the mere idea of you the longing here for you you'll never know how slow the moments go till I'm near to you I see your face in every flower your eyes in stars above it's just the thought of you the very thought of you Nellie Mackay on the piano. Ah, I'm so out of shape. Try this very old recording, Eugene. Eleanor Roosevelt's Guide to Exercise and Strength. That sounds like exactly what I need. Would Eleanor Roosevelt exercise? Watch it, bub. She was a great woman. Well, I, I just didn't know that she... She said, watch it, bub. Bub, science has proven that Eleanor Roosevelt could do anything. Anything you say? Hello, exerciser. I'm Eleanor Roosevelt. Put down that butter and lard sandwich and don your exercising trousers. She sounds like a classy lobster. 20 push-ups. And remember... If someone betrays you once, it's their fault. If they betray you twice, it's time to exercise. I don't think that's right. Two touches. Make sure you hit on all sixes. I'm lost already. Now find an alley cat. Provo. 
bucket. Then wrestle it. I saw some weird, sick old cats outside. Let's go. No, I never heard this part. Do the thing you think you cannot do, even if you're certain you cannot do it. There. Eleanor, one. Cat, zero. <laughs> Sleep well, Ellie Cat. The great beyond is nothing to be feared. Oh, turn it off. This is awful. I want to go rescue homeless cats from Eleanor Roosevelt. She's dead. Don't ever say that, Paul. Now punch your reflection. Strike the mirror. Oh, my God. Eleanor Roosevelt started the first fight club. Punch me, Paul. I will not. Ow! That hurts! Your workout is now complete. With Eleanor Roosevelt's guide to exercise and strength, I'm on the way to being a stately matron of diplomacy! <laughs> Thanks, Eleanor. Paget Brewster as Eleanor Roosevelt. Coming up, the cops of Cop Squadron take down a spoiler and an improvised tour of San Francisco with Paul F. Tompkins. If you want to catch a live Wits show, we've got some coming up. There's a few in April in St. Paul at the Fitzgerald Theater with comedians and actors Kristen Schaal, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and John Hodgman, and music guests Typhoon, Matt Nathanson, and rapper Gene Gray. Plus, on April 12th, we'll be in Los Angeles as part of the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books, Festival After Dark, with Margaret Cho, Paul F. Tompkins, punk rockers Super Chunk, and Will Chef of Ockerville River. Thanks to our media partner, KPCC. We'd love to see you at a show. You can get information at witsradio.org. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This week's show is from the San Francisco Sketchfest with guests Paul F. Tompkins, Eugene Merman, Paget Brewster, Nellie McKay, and Loudon Wainwright III. Loudon is a singer-songwriter with an acclaimed body of work stretching back to the 1960s. He was also an actor. He appeared in M.A.S.H. as well as several Judd Apatow projects. Here's Loudon Wainwright III. Yet, but I am somewhat depressed I own several pairs of shoes Should I choose to get dressed When I wake up in the morning Life can't seem so unfair 
Although my woman hasn't left me yet And there's a cleaning lady there I'm knocking back the Chardonnay and popping Zoloft too Got a lot of free time I don't know what to do I haven't got the blues yet I'm just a little down I feel like Emmett Kelly, you know that mopey circus clown. I haven't got the blues yet, but I admit I'm in the dumps. Everyone else is cheerful. I got a bad case of the grumps. Hold up in my living room, I hardly get around. As for my composure, it's in the lost and found. I went to see a doctor, actually a therapist. He said, blame it on your parents, son. They make you feel like this. I kind of sort of loathe myself. Let me count the ways. I haven't got the blues yet, but I'm experiencing malaise. Experience it. I haven't got the blues yet, but it probably won't be long. Cause I'm feeling kind of bluish. That's why I wrote this song. My life isn't tragic, but it's still a doggone shame. I'm not the man I used to be, though we're genetically the same. I like to wallow in it when I take a dive or dip. I suppose if I was English, I'd have a stiff upper lip. I haven't got the blues yet. I'm just a little low. But if and when I really get them, you're gonna be the first to know. I'm just a leaky super tanker. I got a lot of oil to spill. I'm feeling sorry for myself. But if I don't, who will? some of that uh, ennui going on. Thank you. That's Loudon Wainwright III. Loudon, welcome back to Wits. Oh, it's good to be here. Your one big question, why did you become a musician? Ah, uh, marine biology just looked so boring and... Uh, I was bad at uh, with microscopes. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, my parents weren't musicians, although my dad had a great record collection. It's, you know, everything from... Your dad was an editor at Life magazine. That's right, a, a writer and editor at Life magazine and, and a, a real lover of music. And he had, you know, everything from uh, uh, Lead Belly to... Uh, uh, Frank Lesser to Joan Baez to uh, uh, Kid Ory and Louis Prima and so when did you become when did you go from being an appreciator of music to somebody writing your own songs? Uh, 
Well, I, I played the guitar as a kid, uh, you know, in the, in the early 60s when the folk boom was happening. And uh, I thought I was going to be an actor. I went to acting school. But, but then I, I dropped out of high school and came to San Francisco, ah. dropped out of college, and lived in a crash pad on McAllister Avenue in 1967, McAllister Street. Uh, and the other crashies, among the other crashies, was Donald Fagan of Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Thought I'd do a little name dropping here. <laughs> now, at the show. now, now, Loudon. According to the research I've read on you, at one point you sold your guitar for yoga lessons. To take yoga lessons here in San Francisco <laughs> at the Himalayan School of Yoga. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is what happens when you take a lot of LSD over a period of a short <laughs> period of time. You naturally gravitate toward yoga <laughs> and macrobiotics <laughs> well, and Scientology. We're, we're, <laughs> we're glad you found your way back to the guitar and could join us here on Wiz. Loudon Wainwright III, everybody. Thank you. You know, folks, we are, again, we're so glad to be in your lovely city of San Francisco. Um, some of us have actually, I think all, everybody on stage has been here for the past week uh, we've been shooting a TV show. Um, Eugene, you want to fill them in on what we've been doing? Well, the show Cop Squadron deals with a variety of police or cop situations. The spin-off addresses the worst of the worst criminals. It's called Cop Squadron Spoiler Alert Unit. <laughs> We're all in it. Me, Paget, John, Loudon, Nellie, and Paul. Uh, I, was, I was fired. Um, actually, I was replaced. Replaced with who? Uh, iced tea. <laughs> it was it was the right decision. Yes, ma'am, we're on it. Brewster tea. Here we are, Chief. Call for us. Disturbance at that deli down the road. Somebody spoiled something, I guess. We're there, Chief, and we will bring justice, cop squadron style. Okay, but I still don't understand the crime here. Giving away the ending of TV shows? Or movies. Innocent people mean to watch these things, but they haven't gotten around to it. These creeps are ruining entertainment. Yeah, victims DVR might as well stand for don't view resolutions <laughs> of storylines that got ruined. But how does anyone know what someone else has watched? Doesn't matter. It's the law, Chief. And we're cops. Come on, Ice-T. We've got a spoiler to spoil. <sighs> Officers, thank God you're here. The guy already left. He, he said he was going to that bar down on 8th and Jimothy to watch the game. I, I didn't get a good look at him. What did he spill? Oh, Game of Thrones Red Wedding episode, How I Met Your Mother, Homeland. I guess everyone's home thrown met its mother of a game, all right. <laughs> Sorry. And, and, and Breaking Bad. I'm on season two, and I had no idea that at the end of the series, Hank Schrader Sir, actually... Sir, I have not gotten around to that episode. Clonk! You cold clonked him out cold. <laughs> well, this is the bar. Spoiler hangout. Makes me sick. 
Yeah, guess our man likes to enjoy an ice-cold bottle of ruining things for people. Bartender, we're looking for one of your customers, wanted for spoiling. We get a lot of people here who believe plots should be open for discussion. Waitresses and I have a liberal approach. Ain't that right, Sandy? Sure. Matthew Crawley dies on Downton Abbey. The M. Night Shyamalan movie The Village takes place in present day. Man, people expect this kind of freakish behavior in a spoiler bar like this. But one of you animals is out in public ruining stuff for innocent people. Spoiler alert, that's bad. Innocent? Those people had a chance to be up on shows and movies. They blew it. They had not gotten around to it yet. No, don't clonk him. The guy you want works downtown, a corner of Beckany and Ninth. All's I can tell you. Unless you want to hear what happens in the third Hunger Games. You'll be hungry when we're done playing games, or you'll wish you were hungry because you'll eat plots. Let's go. We've questioned everyone within a half mile. That spoiler is still out there. At least this corner is directly below our cop squadron offices, where the chief wants to see us. I'm shutting you down, Brewster and T. You're off the case. Chief, he's still out there. You're out of control. Take some time off. Watch some TV. Like Lost. Turns out most of them move on to heaven. I think, anyway. It's a weird show. Chief, what are you doing? Hey, there's a lot of good shows on, like Mad Men. Don Draper gets fired. I was talking about it with the people who work at the deli. And then did you go down to that bar on Jimothy Avenue? I did, actually. I, I was talking about the end of Breaking Bad with the bartender. Chief, we're going to need you to come downtown with us where we already are, so <laughs> short trip. <laughs> what? Oh, this is worse than the end of The Departed when Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio both get killed. Put the cuffs on him, team. I'll put the cuffs on him so hard, he'll feel like he won't have cuffs on him, and then will remember that he does and will. What? what? Loudon Wainwright III as the chief. Paul F. Tompkins as Ice-T, Paget Brewster as Brewster, Eugene Merman as the bartender, Nellie Mackay as Sandy, me as Guy. Joining us on the show this week is an actress who appeared for many years on Criminal Minds. It's about criminals and their minds. <laughs> you may also remember her from Friends or from one of my favorite shows ever, Andy Richter Controls the Universe. Paget Brewster, ladies and gentlemen. Paget Brewster, your one big question. You had a sweet gig on a very popular show those, about those criminal minds. The kind of security a lot of actors wish for. Why did you give it up, Paget Brewster? Oh, uh, I did. I had a sweet sitch. Um, <laughs> it was because I wanted to do uh, more things like this. Uh, I missed this? comedy. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. It doesn't pay as well, but... Um, <laughs> No, I, I had a great time, and it was uh, six and a half years, and I really liked those guys, and um, I'm glad I did it, but, uh, you know, it can be taxing. Not taxing, not like really being a cop running around with a gun, but most <laughs> cops with guns don't have to wear high heels. Um, 
and make sure their hair looks good. It was really fun for a few years, but then I just wanted to do uh, something else, and, and now I spend my days hoping I didn't uh, make a mistake. <laughs> Patrick Brewster, everybody. Well, we've had a great time doing our show in San Francisco this week, and uh, we've got a little bit of time right now. So, um, comedian Paul F. Tompkins, uh, you, you've been here before for in San Francisco. You know the city pretty well. Over ten times, okay. John. Well, you know, would you mind taking us on a tour? We've got a, a custom uh, cable car parked right here. I think I can hear the bell on it now. Yeah, there it is. I heard it. And uh, Nellie, would you mind loading your piano up onto our cable car? And just sort of uh, underscoring what we're seeing here? Oh, okay, great. Oh, such a nice ride. Now, Paul, up there is the Transamerica building. It's shaped like a pyramid. Why is that? The answer is obvious, John. Yeah? The, the Transamerica building was built as a tomb for Samuel Langhorne Clemens. Mark Twain? Yes. Well, as he later called himself, he once remarked something about San Francisco and the weather. Oh, no wonder they built a tomb yes, for him. Yes, he was. So he said something crazy, and he lost conception of time and seasons. Oh. As a punishment, he was buried in the Transamerica building with all of his worldly possessions, which was really just a bunch of old cigars yeah. and a million discarded pill bottles that he wouldn't throw away. So if you go in there, it's just a massive pile of cigar butts it's and pill bottles. the worst pyramid treasure you can imagine. Wow. It's awfully pretty. Well, let's keep, let's keep rolling here. Now, coming up here is uh, Candlestick Park, the famous stadium. Why do they call it Candlestick Park? Take a good long look at it, John. Okay. Do you see what I'm seeing? Uh, not really, no. Well, I... obviously, Candlestick Park is the wick of a giant underground candle. Really? That has its origins, <laughs> its base in the Earth's molten core. Really? That's right. And so they light the candle here in San Francisco? Yes, for when it is Galactus the World Eater's birthday. <laughs> he comes and blows it out, and that's what spares the Earth from being devoured by the eater of worlds. Here in San Francisco, I had no idea that San Francisco played such a pivotal role in the Earth's future. Yeah, you know the Silver Surfers from here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, that, I kind of knew that. Yeah, that that just makes sense. Just assumed. Well, let's keep rolling. Uh, ooh, now, we, I, I don't know if the trolley can get all the way out to Alcatraz. Sure it can. But, okay, well, let's if go. If it wants it bad enough. All right. Nellie, I think we need some more urgent piano playing to get across the water to Alcatraz. Oh, whoa, here we go. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, whoa. Choppy waters. Choppy waters. <laughs> Welcome to the Rock. Here we are at the Rock. Here we are in Alcatraz. My goodness. Yeah, we're now, there. We're there. We're there. We're there. Why? <laughs> that, was, that was starting yeah. to make me nervous. We don't want to overshoot it, Nelly. We got to be careful. It's like, why am I so anxious all of a sudden? Well, it is Alcatraz. <laughs> why did they put? Why did they put a prison out here on an island like this? Well, isn't it nice? It is nice. Alcatraz. Did they was want a prison. it to be nice for the prisoners? Alcatraz was was really just a prison for rude people, <laughs> and. The idea of putting it out on a little island where everybody can get the fresh air and the sunshine 
seagulls crying overhead was so that maybe they'd see the world is a nice place and there's time enough for manners. Ah. I want to get out of Alcatraz and, uh, and head back to the Marines Memorial Theater. And here we are. Paul F. Tompkins, thank you so much for our tour of, of San Francisco. Tips greatly appreciated. Have you found your awful personality to be a hindrance? Blard's party ruining service is expanding and we're in need of fresh talent. Listen into these parties stocked with professional for hire, highly compensated party ruiners from Blard's. Oh really? You want an award at that thing tonight? That's cool. You know who really deserves an award? My snakes! Look at them writhing around! And these are just the ones I haven't lost track of over the course of the evening. You want to help me find them? I agree. It's a really nice art gallery reception. Shaw has been going on a long time, too. I am also an artist. Here, let me rub this art on you, and it will heal you. I want to rub my art on you. Where are you going? Oh, I love your dog. Can I pet your dog? Can I pet your dog a little too hard? To the point where his skull skin kind of pulls back and you see the parts of his eyes that you don't normally see? Can I pet your dog like that? Can I keep petting your dog like that for a long time? Are you going home? These aren't actors. They're real, terrible, successful people. The party's over with blood party ruining service party off. Eugene Merman as Blard, Nellie Mackay, Paul F. Tompkins, and me as party agents. Here with more music, Nellie Mackay. And when the dawn breaks through, the drums start Beating the morning to the fire Your grimace widens and your lips part Sounding the silent alarm And when the bells explode, they scatter Hitching a hand onto the breeze the grand bureaucracy grows fatter Whistling the old melodies And away oh, oh, goes the Buckingham Jewel Guard Oh, wee, oh, goes the cup on the beat Oh, wee, oh, goes the kid in the schoolyard Oh, wee, oh, goes the kid on the street Hey, man, what's happening with you? I watched that episode, too Maybe I'll get some Chinese the dumplings, no MSG, please. And when the night breaks through, they wonder if all they lost was self-respect. They pass the homes of greed and plunder, still lingering on the disconnect. Sitting down for the evening, oh we oh through the civil earthquake, oh we oh safe in bed and they're dreaming. Heaven knows if they'll ever awake. 
coffee black Hey look we're still in Iraq I guess that's the only way Oh did I tell you we got Fifi spade And when they get to work they hear drums The boom fills all the empty space They file papers la da dee dum Trimming their shoebox with lace And we're oh, but there's something to grow and no oh, we oh through the bustle and hiss Oh we're oh, the lawns that need mowing No oh, we oh there is something to miss That's Nellie Mackay on the piano. More with Nellie Mackay, Loudon Wainwright III, Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, and Eugene Merman in just a moment. This is Wits. I'm John Moe. This is Wits. I'm John Moe, and this week's show comes to you from the Marines Memorial Theater as part of the San Francisco Sketchfest with singer-songwriters Nellie Mackay and Loudon Wainwright III and comedians and actors Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, and Eugene Merman. The party's over with Blard's party ruining service party off. Parties can be fun, but how do you tell when the party is over? Is it when the food is gone? Is it when the music stops? No. It's when you hire Blard's party-ruining service. Let's hear from some of our satisfied customers. I couldn't get my wife's friends to leave our barbecue, and that's when I called Blard's party-ruining service. They brought in a guy who kept asking everyone if he could braid their hair. He was very oily. He wore a coat that was too thick for the occasion. He owned a parrot. He smelled of old vegetables. He kept talking about Chomsky. Really a masterful performance. Thanks, Blard. Faculty receptions are necessary but can be dull. Blard brought me a crew of very confrontational avant-garde performance poets, fully credentialed as temporary adjunct professors. Couldn't kick them out, couldn't stand to be around them. I had my house back in no time. Thanks, Blard. Call us today, we'll ruin your party. So you don't have to. The party's over with Blard's party ruining service party. 
Eugene Merman as Blard, Paget Brewster, Loudon Wainwright III, and me as clients. You might know his voice from Bob's Burgers, where he plays Gene, or his face and his voice from Delocated or Flight of the Concords. He's also a very popular and way funny stand-up comedian. Eugene Merman is here. Eugene, your one big question has to do with your upbringing. What role did humor play in your family when you were growing up? We were not allowed any. <laughs> um, it played, uh, well, my parents uh, are programmers and mathematicians, but in general, we would all joke around a lot and had a nice time. Uh, as you know, in Russia, humor is used to survive the drudgery that all is around you. <laughs> so we use that to stay cheery. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents try to push you towards math and away from comedy? No, that was one of the best things about them, uh, <laughs> amongst being good people. Uh, I was one of the few immigrant children that was allowed to pursue a life of joy. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you did. Eugene Merman, everybody. Support for Wits comes from Tatooine Furniture, makers of the Sarlacc Sofa, the only sofa that will digest you over the course of a thousand years and excrete you as a pile of change in a TV remote. <laughs> now with an add-on ottoman with tentacles. We get additional funding from LinkedIn Logs, the building toy for kids that helps them assemble an online employment profile, count number of connections made, and never actually get hired for anything. And from the David Lee Roth IRA, if saving for retirement has your back against the record machine, might as well jump to a non-tax fund. Reach down in between my legs and enjoy the flexible tax structure. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Ow! Woo! <laughs> Pop song correspondences. Updates from the Beach Boys on the California Girls Project. Hey guys, Brian Wilson here. I was hallucinating the other day and had an idea. You know how girls are pretty and they want to kiss us? But what's the problem? The vast majority of these girls do not live in California where we spend most of our time. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California girls. My plan is this. We recruit girls from all over the country and bring them to California using hypnosis. I, was, I have forwarded you a schematic of how this will take place. Hi, Brian. It's your brother, Dennis. Why don't we just visit the girls in these other places? That way we can see the country and get kisses. Hey Dennis, good question. Long term, I'm planning on going pretty crazy. So it will be easier to have them here in California. Well, East Coast girls are hip. I really dig those styles they wear. Hi fellas, Al Jardine checking in from the Big Apple. I acquired a school bus and parked on Fifth Avenue where East Coast girls gather to show off all the hip styles and fashion. I shouted, hey girls, I have some really great fashion clothing in my bus out here. All aboard! I'll try again tomorrow. I I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave the door of the bus open with various lipsticks and cans of hairspray inside. You know how girls are about hairspray. 
And the southern girls with the way they talk They knock me out when I'm down there Mike Love here I've been in Alabama approaching girls to engage them in conversation and hypnosis. Thing is, the girls tell their boyfriends about this and I get punched. Hard. They have repeatedly knocked me out when I'm down there. I'll keep trying, but the multiple concussions are wearing on me. I have long gaps in my memory. Oh, and Brian, I will betray you. Good to know, buddy, thanks. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California girls. The Midwest farmer's daughters really make you feel all right. Carl Wilson reporting in from a farm in Missouri where I've taken a job. See, the farmer has a daughter, but she's nothing special. Just makes me feel all right. I have to harvest some stupid soybeans now. This isn't going well. And the northern girls with the way they kiss, they keep their boyfriends warm at night. Guys, it's Dennis Wilson. I'm freaking out right now. I'm in Duluth, Minnesota, and it's 15 below. I'm, I'm checking out northern girls, and the way these girls kiss can actually heat up boyfriends. I don't want anything to do with these girls on account of I think they're witches. What if they kissed us on a hot California day and we burst into flames? I woke up on top of a water tower. It's, uh, it's Brian again. I- I'm sorry to hear things haven't gone well. My overseas fact-finding mission likewise failed. I've been all around this great big world and I've seen all kinds of girls. Yeah, but I couldn't wait to get back in the States, back to the cutest girls in the world. So let's table this idea for now. And as for me, I'm going to be in the hospital for a while. Apparently Rhonda is lodged within my heart and I need to have her surgically extracted. (laughs) At least I think that's what's going on. Again, I am super duper high. Do you think we could turn all this into a song? I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California. I wish they all could be California, girl. Eugene Merman, Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, Loudon Wainwright III, and me as the Beach Boys. Nellie Mackay as the Beach Boys. Also as well... Everybody, everybody, shut up. Shut your mouths down for a second. And shut up. Pipe it down. I assume there's a reason you're quieting us down. There must be a reason, yet we do not know it. I would like to know the reason. Should I tell you the reason? Or should I show you the reason? Oh. (gasps) That thing you did. I don't know what it is. There was upraising of your voice. I feel compelled to give you information. I feel like my head is spinning, even though I know it's not spinning. My head. Out with it. What you did. Tell us it. Mm -hmm. I was working on the project when all of a sudden I made a discovery. A discovery that may well change the world. I call it the question mark. (gasps) Explain what it does. Yes, what it does. Explain it. What does it do? Whoa! Oh, oh. 
Nice one, man. This guy gets it. Maxwell. I don't know how you did that. I would like information on that process. I did it. Did you? Oh. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> Good stuff. We are comrades now, Maxwell. We are the people who have this power. Did I do it right? Do I owe you a royalty? Is it going to be this way forever? What are dogs? Isn't this wonderful? All right, okay. Let's slow down. You don't have to do it all at once. I feel like I have a million things to say like this. Would you call it? Oh, it's a question mark, and it lets you, us, all of us, ask what I'm calling questions. Oh. You gotta try this. I am trying it. This is it. I tried it. I did it. I'm doing it. I continue to do it. Are you? I am. You agree. Do I? Guys, listen to me. I think I'm going to do one. Be careful. Foggy lollipop turnstile engineer. Was that one? No, but that was. All right, high five. Come on, ask another. Did you say ask? <laughs> That's what I'm calling the verb of it. Ask! We have to tell the boss about this. Are you kidding? Then the company will own it, and I won't see the dime. I'm going to be a millionaire with this ask questionings, don't you think? No, frankly, I have a hard time hearing them. Don't listen to her. I think you'll be able to write your own ticket. Thank you. And that's what happened. He made the most money in history. The game Monopoly is loosely based on him, only they changed parts of speech to properties. But I use questions every day. And so does nearly half the population. Do you? Write us at wits with your answer. And if it's yes, let everyone know you learned something. And you learned it on wits? <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins as Carter, Eugene Merman as Maxwell, Padgett Brewster, and me as colleagues, Loudon Wainwright III as the announcer. Here with more music, Loudon Wainwright III. Nineteen seventy-two. Number one in Little Rock, Arkansas, for six consecutive weeks. So I've always imagined Bill and Hillary kind of making out in the back seat of a green Rambler station wagon, while dead skunk in the middle of the road was. Here's the chorus. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Stankin' to high heaven. Let me hear you sing it. Dead. Hey! You got pollution. Dead skunk, middle of the road. Stankin' to high heaven. Crossing the highway late last night. Should've looked left and should've looked right. Didn't see the station wagon car. Skunk got squashed. There you are. You got a dead skunk. I can't hear you. Technicolor. Dead skunk. Middle of the road. Stank in the high 
out to sea. You can feel it in your olfactory. Clap your hands. Come on. You got a dead skunk, middle of the road. Dead skunk, middle of the road. Stang it high. Hey, you got your dead cat. Got your dead dog on a moonlight night. You got your dead toe frog. Got your dead rabbit. You gotta what? And dead skunk, watch out, stank in the high. This song paid for so much child support. Heaven. <laughs> Want to hear more Wits? Go to witsradio.org. You can find this and other episodes and information about our upcoming live shows. Plus, sign up for our newsletter, find out what our various Wits guests are up to. Our shows are also podcasts on iTunes. Go there, subscribe, write a review, let us know what you think about the show. Thanks to our guests this week, Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, Eugene Merman, Nellie Mackay, and Loudon Wainwright III. Thanks also to broadcast engineers Corey Shreppel and Rob Byers, stage manager Tom Campbell, coordinating producer Hans Buto, and our intern Sam Siegel. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker, Wendy Molyneux and Jeff Drake, Lauren McGuire, John Osbold, and Mike Fotis. Special thanks this week to the San Francisco Sketch Fest and to the Marines Memorial Theater in San Francisco. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney. Wits was created by our head of live events, Tony Boll, senior producer Larissa Anderson, and me, I'm John Moe. Bye now.